But I want to continue on New Year strategies. As I said, I don't want a bunch of Christians who have nothing to show in their life. We need the manifestations evident that we serve the, day, the God of Pentecost. We don't serve a God of no evidence. There is power, there is signs, there's wonders, there's manifestations flowing through our lives. So I'm going to start with the vision that I had, actually a prophetic message that I got. This is what the Lord told me. The Lord said, my son, if you spin around on my axis, how many of you know a spinning top? If you, if you stay spinning around my axis, you will never fall. You will never fall. Let me see if I can pull that uh, spinning top. Uh, where is that? Okay, man, not there. Gmail. Because I wanted to just uh, have you picturize this for a second. There it is. No, this is a, that, the moving one. The other one was a static picture. This is moving. So a spinning top that's moving. God told me, my son, you got to stay, remain in my axis. You got, if you keep remaining in my axis, you will not wobble and fall. But any time you let the friction and the dissipating forces of the environment catch you, you're going to wobble and fall. But your goal is to do what? Let me go back to the uh, slides. Is to stay spinning. I want you to picturize this for a second. So my first uh, strategy for the second part is stay focused this year. Because there's too many distractions this year, too many derailing aspects this year, and every year that will try to take you off divine access. Hebrews 12.2 says, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Our goal is to remain in the axis. We got to keep our eyes fixed in the spirit. We got to know we are spirit. We got to know we are righteous. We are blemishless. We are divine beings made in the image of God. We got to remain in that axis. And it says, Jesus, who for the joy set before him. What is the joy that was set before Jesus? Think about it. The saints, who for the joy that was set before him is. Him one day seeing all of us awakened to the divine beings we are. So he's like, my God, so many of my people fully awakening to their potential, to their identity, to their awareness. And that joy, that just that foresight made him endure the cross. He said, it's worth it. If I can get my people who are made in my image to be awakened worldwide and do the great exploits that I have planned for them to do, I'm going to do this cross. He was ready to endure the cross. So our goal is to remain spinning in the axis. And the Hebrews 2.1 says, Therefore we must pay much closer attention to what we've heard. To remain in the axis, there has to be what? Focus. Everyone say focus. There should be a lot of focus. This Christian walk is not meant for a haphazard, loose walk. It's not. I know it's, we would like that route. But unfortunately, it's, this is only for the serious people. There is no middle ground Christianity, my friends. This is a tall order, what I'm trying to say, but it's possible because the Spirit of God is in you. You have to be, remain focused. 
especially focused on the spirit realm, especially Jesus and the spirit man, the spirit woman you are. You got to remain in that truth because there will be a lot of dirt flying around from your house, from your community, from your work, trying to kind of diminish you, trying to kind of confuse you from who you really are. But you got to keep your eyes on who? Fixed on Jesus. Look at what Hebrews says. He says, pay close attention so that we don't drift away. So there is this tendency for all saints, including me, to drift away. There is a tendency for a spinning top to eventually lose momentum and wobble away. Now, if you go to YouTube or any other sites, you can see a spinning top that is kept in a, va a vacuum. It spins for eternity. So they placed a glass on top of that, and somehow they made it start to spin. It will not stop. So meaning there's, there's no other outside forces to disturb it. The spinning top will keep going. But in the earth realm that we live in, guess what there is? There is distractions. There is friction. There is all sorts of stuff to take you off the axis. So when the top is initially spinning fast, you know how it spins? It is pointing straight up. And then rotating around that axis. We got to keep our antennas up this year. You got to keep our focus up. This is why Jesus said, keep your eyes uh, set on things above. Set your things, set your mind on things above. Keep your vision divine. Keep your perspective in the spirit realm that you are. Lost that airplay, Matt. Okay. So when the top is initially spinning, it is pointing straight up. Important for us to remember. As I mentioned earlier, outside forces, friction, and we, even a person just pushing it down, any, anything can happen. It decreases the momentum, and the top starts to wobble, and eventually falls off the axis. This frequently happens in our lives today, okay? Your goal is to set back and reset. This reset process has to happen constantly. That's why last week I said, focus on progress, not perfection. This year, from a spiritual walk perspective, focus on progress, not perfection. We are already perfect in the spirit. I'm talking about perfection in the flesh. Some of us, through conditioning of our environment, we learn this fleshly perfectionism tendency. If things are not in the, you know, if my books are not in order, or pen is not in order, or the house is not, we just go crazy. Don't, don't worry about that. Focus on your spiritual progress and not on other stuff. Yes, the other things need to be kept in order. That's fine. But don't get too fleshly perfectionistic. That will hinder your momentum. Thank you, Lord. Mark 4, verse 19, Jesus said, The worries of this life, the love for riches, and all other kinds of desires crowd in and choke, and choke the message, and they don't bear fruit. Dissipative forces that takes you off the axis. 
the cares of this life, just thinking about the affairs of life. You know, Dan was sharing me some of his personal stuff. I have my personal stuff, stuff that can creep into our mind and take us off the axis. The love for riches. Don't we all love that? We all want to be rich and nice cars and nice homes. And, but then it's a pursuit. When it becomes a pursuit, it becomes dangerous because you're all set on the fleshly American dream of how much you can become rich. Then you're not going to be able to focus on the spirit realm because your mind is too crowded with fleshly pursuits. There's no room for you to converge and synchronize with God. And all other kinds of desires. Why am I saying this? This new year, you have to clean the house. If you want to grow in God, if you want to, remain, if you want to get into the point of convergence and synchronization with the divine spirit, you have to focus this year. Because all that you're seeking for is an added bonus when you focus and converge with God. If you can get your spiritual life right, you're going to attract wealth, you're going to attract prosperity, you're going to attract health, you're going to attract all sorts of good things. But the, you can't go the other way around, though. You're trying to focus on the blessings, but not the principles of that God has given you. So put all that other desires away. As 1 John 2, 16 says, all that's in the world, the lusts of the flesh, the lusts of the eyes, the pride of life. You, know, you ain't going to live here for 200 years, my friends. We're going to have maybe another 30 years or 40 years. Some of you might have 10 years. So the pride of life and all these uh, uh, pursuits are not going to gain it. We got to get our life in order and finish our race here and pass on to the next realm. Thank you, Lord. So be focused this year. And for that, like I said, some of us are already entangled in this kind of stuff. You got to just sit and take audit and clear your house. There's no other way. You cannot build on top of this foundation. You got to clear these things out from your system and then start fresh. Like I said, this is going to be an ongoing reset. In the earth realm, there is friction. There is gravity. So you're going to fall many times off the axis. You've got to reset, 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 reset. You know, uh, it's funny. When I went to Houston one day uh, for a conference, uh, there was Mahesh Chavda's uh, ministry going on. And he said, you guys know what the best prophetic movie I've seen this year, he asked. And people were recording, I think, Christian movies and all that. And he said, the best prophetic movie I watched this year is Kung Fu Panda. <laughs> He's like, what? <laughs> you know what? There's merits to what. If you guys haven't watched Kung Fu Panda, go watch it. Don't be too religious here, my friends. I'm telling you, it talks about how whatever you do, how you fall into your destiny eventually. Now, I'm not saying this is fully Christian, but there are underlying principles. And I was like, at first, I was like, do I? I was like, what? But then I thought about it. I was like, there is marriage to this. Similarly, there's a lot of Hollywood movies. Most of them are junk, but there's a lot of good movies which takes you deep into some of these principles that I've seen recently. And how, especially how to reset. You have to learn to reset until you get it right. Because every time you reset, you learn. 
Every time you reset, you learn what made you fall last time. You got you to gotta have feedback coming from every failure in your life. It's not really failure, it's feedback. Every time you fail, you're getting feedback. And so next time you're going to spin a little more longer. Fail, reset, spin a little more longer, and it keeps going until you reach an orbit where you are out of the enemy's axis. Yes? Many, many people think that we learn from our experiences, but we don't. We learn from reflecting on our experiences. That's why you can go around the mountain and around the mountain and around the mountain and keep on going and not have victory because you're not taking the time to reflect. It's like what he's saying. Each failure is an opportunity, and each failure is a, a time to reset. But that's not true unless you reflect and ask the Lord how to reset, right? So that's why you can keep circling. So you don't just learn from your experiences. In fact, many people don't learn from their experiences. You learn from reflecting on experiences. So you have to create the margin in your life to be able to reflect and pray through the reset and pray through the changes so that you can reset properly. Because if you just reset, then you'll spin again and fall over, right? But reflect before you reset and then reset. Thank you. So stay focused this year. First principle, second part. Number two, get lean this year. I'm not talking about physical body weight or body fat. I'm talking about spiritually, you got to be lean. This is a big principle that we now apply in corporations. There's something called lean, agile philosophy. We're trying to simplify. So in other words, if there's a process or process that is not required in the business, we try to take it out. We don't want non-value-added work and time waste happening in our business. Similarly, you got to simplify your life this year. It could be in the physical environment. It could be in the spiritual environment. It could be in your emotions. But take time to clear up your environment. So if you go to some people's house, no offense here, guys. I don't know whose house, but I'm just telling you. It's cluttered. It's crowded. It's a lot of junk from the grandmother, grandma, grandmother and grandfather and forefathers. Throw it out, please. You know, keep your life simple. You got to focus on what? On the spirit realm. So make everything conducive to your maximum growth in Christ. If you got too much clutter and if you're hitting this and knocking that on your way out and you fall down. And, you know, uh, some of the big uh, richest people like Zuckerberg, Facebook founder, Barack Obama, and all these people. I'm not, I'm not talking about their political views, but I'm talking about the success in the, physical, uh, in the earth realm. They don't even want to think about what they wear uh, next day. So they have a one pattern of shirt and pants set for the whole week. It's like, you know what, this is a non-value-added activity. I don't want to spend 30 minutes looking at my closet. What am I going to wear? Why? Because they are focused on moving a cause for humanity. So they're like, I don't have time to look at my clothes and closet and shoes. And I'm not saying you need to be shabby, but get our physical environment organized and simple. And why? So that you can focus on other important things. 
You don't need to worry about using 30 minutes of your brain energy, wasting on some trivial stuff on, am I going to wear my this or that? Seriously, guys, let's get focused. Because every one of you has a unique purpose. And your goal, whether you're a woman, or you're a child, you're a man, is to get to that goal. Because you will not be satisfied when you're about to pass this realm until you fulfill your purpose. You're going to die miserably otherwise. It's like that talent, parable of the talent. The guy who buried the talent is useless. What did Jesus say? Put him behind bars, he said. Useless guy. He had so much potential, but did, what did he do? He buried it. He never did done nothing with it. And if, if any one of you sitting here don't have a prophetic word of purpose, please come. There's a big prophetic team here. They'll pray for you, and as the Lord leads them, they'll tell you what your purpose is. They'll tell you. God, the Holy Spirit, it's not dumb. The Holy Spirit revealed to you what are you supposed to do on earth. And you need to focus on that, on that assignment. So remove non-value-added activities and items out of our life. Why? Because there is, the world is waiting for you, your contribution. Hebrews 12.1 says, let us lay aside every weight and sin that so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that... So this is a focused walk, right? He's saying, guys, listen, there's a price set before us. There's a plan of God to prosper you and not to harm you. There's a plan of God through you to mankind. It might be as a leader. It might be as a supporter of a leader. No matter what it is, you got a unique role to play. So let us lay aside every weight and junk that's keeping you down. Whether it's in the physical environment or your mind, your emotions. You got to reset. Stay lean. You got to stay lean. You got to be very smart. You know, I don't think there has been many teachings around this to get people get organized and remain lean in their spiritual life. It's one thing for uh, people to hear a lot of teachings, but if you don't have your car or your vehicle cleaned up where the engine can perform, it's going to huff and puff and die eventually. You know what I'm saying? You got to keep that, you know, Dan and Thomas knows about mechanical engineering stuff. What I'm saying is you got to keep those lines clear so that the fuel and the oil and the whole thing can flow and output energy to the car. But there's too much clutter in the lines today. If you think about a car analogy inside the car, there's too much junk and what do you call that? Crud or whatever? Yeah, corrosion and you need some cleanup. They put these things in the car these days to clear up the uh, engine and fuel and all that. Otherwise, it's going to just sound not very good. So let us lay aside every weight this year. And sin. Sin means error. We've been, as Matt just said, there have been a lot of people been repeating the same error. Sin is nothing but error. Error in judgment. So we've been making this, you know, some women have been running behind the same men and making the same mistakes, same kind. Men have been doing the same kind of stuff and same mistakes. You haven't learned from all these hard knocks. Can't do that anymore. Enough is enough. Focus on God this year and he'll bring the right things into our lives. Jesus. Luke 21. So being part of the lean thing, I want to bring you this analogy as well. Luke 21, verse 34. Jesus said this. He said, watch yourselves 
lest your heart be weighed down with overindulgence. This is another pro trouble in our American society. We'll go to every wine tasting event, every ham tasting event. Uh, we are just come continually just feeding our bodies. The problem is your spiritual man cannot light up when you are feeding your flesh too much. I'm not saying don't drink a glass of wine or have some meat and all that, but if you are just focused on these kind of stuff, you're looking at when is the next wine drinking event to get drunk? When is the next this and that? You have you noticed about the society? It's, it's geared toward how to pleasure my flesh. When is the next entertainment? When is the next thing that I can, where I can go and just feed my flesh? Numbing your flesh and senses to death, really. But Jesus said, you, your spirit man will never be awakened when you weigh yourselves down with a lifestyle like this. Overindulgence in food, drunkenness, and affairs of this life. If you're serious about spiritual walk, you have to take a different route this year. But some Christians, like, you know, they want, they want to have Jesus for namesake, and their lifestyles are totally different. You can come to church, but like I said, you'll never be awakened to your potential. You'll never be awakened to the divine being you are. Your, your inner man will never be enlightened. Jesus. Hallelujah. Verse, uh, third strategy, stay away from sin or error this year deliberately. Another vision I'm going to take you. So other than the spinning top, and the Lord told me to remain in the axis, my son. If you keep your eyes on me, and if you remain there, you'll never fall down, he said. So that's I said, yes, Lord. The next vision I had, this was early morning many months ago. This was the vision, similar, something similar. My, I was driving behind a, car, a truck like this, and the truck said, stay away. Actually, it was 300 feet. I couldn't find an <laughs> image in Google for 300. So that's a, what does it say? Stay back 200 feet. Have you guys seen, how many of you seen this kind of? Stay back 200 feet. And you know what? And so I'm, I'm driving, and I was like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> so I was just pulling right close to the truck. And suddenly, boom. And I, this is a vision, okay? <laughs> and I saw my glass all, like, it was like hail falling on my I was like, what the heck, right? Whew. And the Lord woke me up, you're going to preach this. <laughs> there is no way you can play with sin and escape unharmed. There is no way. If you're going to stay close to that thing, there would be consequence. If you're going to play with fire, your hand would get burned. Stay away. When, because the Bible is full of instructions to keep you away from harm. If you're going to commit adultery, there's going to be consequence. If you're going to commit anything that God has instructed you, when he said, stay away from this, it's for your safety. You are a divine being. You and I have no business doing something against our divinity, against our grain. And remember I told you the example? A lion is supposed to eat meat, not grass. We are supposed to legislate. We are supposed to operate in righteousness, integrity, truth. Not walking around committing adultery and homosexuality and slander and murder. That's not our... We are divine beings. We can't act against our grain. And we need to remind that to the world. 
What the heck are you doing when you are a divine being sitting here? You have, you're so underutilized. You're so operating under your potential. That's how we remind, wake up people, our fellow friends and people who are in sin, in error. But unfortunately, we, you know, many of us don't want to confront. You have to, if you love somebody dearly, especially in your family and for friends and community, if you know them, please address it respectfully to them. Tell them, my friend, this is not the lifestyle you should be following through. There's going to be definite consequences. People want to do homosexuality. Guess what? Most of them die early. Lesbians, they die early. Why? What did God say? Stay away from it. If not, this happens. They can uh, indulge in their flesh maybe 10 years. But if you look at in, in, in the internet, most of them have a very low, short lifespan. They die in diseases early. There is consequences. No matter how you sugarcoat it. There are some denominations that twist and turn all this junk. Christian denominations saying, we got to evolve and embrace homosexuality. The Lord rebuked them. Jesus. We don't want to accept heresies and doctrines that itches people's ears. Be bold. Because you know why I, I am hard-hitting? Because I'll one day stand in front of the living God. I'm not afraid of man. I fear God. So this is what the image I, sh I saw. And I was like, but I woke up for a second thinking this is so real. I was like, Lord, my car. <laughs> Lord said, your car is fine. Stay away from sin. <laughs> Especially he wanted me to bring this message to all. Ephesians 4.27 says, do not give place to the devil. If we have cracks and gaps in our life, the enemy will enter. That's how the spirit realm works, and he'll wreck a havoc. Robert Henderson, once he was preaching, he said, every time you compromise from your spiritual principles, the spirit realm gets a signal right away. They're like vultures. When they smell blood, they're going to get into your house. You might think, oh, nobody watches me. But the minute you compromise, the spirit realm gets the smell of blood. And they're going to come in and wreck a havoc. It could be a financial loss. It could be a, uh, attacking your family, attacking your job. You're like, what happened suddenly? You left an open door for the enemy. Neither give a place to the devil. Stick to what the scriptures are asking you to do. When, if you look at Exodus chapter 26, it talks about how tabernacle was built. Again, if you guys are serious about building your spiritual life, study the building of the tabernacle in the Old Testament. It's got all spiritual implications, and you learn how to build your spiritual house right. Because Moses was given a blueprint, and he, God said, this is how exactly you're going to build. Don't bring your brain here. I don't want your, judgment. I don't want your uh, wisdom and other mambo-jambo. I, what, I, what, what I want is you to follow specifications that I'm giving you. And so, if you looked at the sides of the tabernacle, you need to realize tabernacle was built where? In the wilderness, in the desert. How many of you have seen a desert? Anybody here? Few people have seen a desert. I've, I've seen des desert, and I grew up actually in, in Dubai, in the Middle East, because my dad was running a freight forwarding company there, so we grew up there, 
It was a desert. Now there's a lot of skyscrapers and buildings, one of the richest places. However, what happens is there's something called sandstorm that hits deserts. When the sandstorm hits, you'll not be able to see a single item in the vicinity. Uh, maybe five mile radius or ten mile. It's fully sand. It's like a tornado hitting. So when they built the tabernacle, God wanted to make sure one thing: no outside elements should get inside the tent. Two things: no air, no air from outside, no sand, no dust. Nothing should get where inside the tabernacle. It has to be properly built. Fortified, sealed properly. That's why you look at this. It says, we're, comp we're comprised of boards of acacia wood. You know what acacia wood is? It's one of the best woods that's out there. For, you know, protection from the elements and one of the mo most durable woods. Not only that, it'll be fitly framed together, standing upon a base of silver sockets and overlaid with gold. This is an analogy of how we had to build our spiritual life. No gaps. Remember in Ephesians says, give no place to the devil. Is it going to be right away perfect? No. As we were talking about, you're going to learn from your failures, but start closing the gaps in our lives. Don't have the same gaps you had five years ago. Please don't. Close the gaps this new year. Quickly, quickly do that. And build it right. And it says overlaid with gold. God wants to ensure no outside elements should creep into our inner man, into our, in our, to our spiritual lives. Build it strong. Build it fortified. Build it secure this year. The wise man builds his house properly. The foolish man builds his house on weak foundations. And using materials like the Bible says hay and stubble. When the fire hits, it burns down. What I'm trying to say is not all Christians are going to build their house right. Only, only the diligent, only the few focused ones are going to quickly pick up where they failed and they're going to close the gaps. They ain't going to look to their uncles or aunties or fellow neighbors. They know where they're running towards. You got to know, you got to be very passionate about your spiritual life. You got to be very passionate about you. You got to love yourself. <laughs> because you can't really love your neighbor. Many, many people are out there saying, I love my neighbor. I smoke some weed and okay, I'm going to also love my neighbor. It doesn't work like that. You don't love your neighbor. You don't love yourself. Listen, first put oxygen mask first before you put others' oxygen mask. Get your house right. Seal your house. Let there be no gaps or loopholes or compromise for the devil to get in and wreck a havoc. Foolproof your life. Seal it tight this year. Amen, somebody. Amos 9:11 says, so this is the awakening movement that's going to, it's already started. And it's going to take a climax as the Lord has prophesied in Amos. He says, in that day, I will restore the fallen tent of David. I will repair its gaps. Restore its ruins. So preachers like me, what I'm trying to do here is, I'm a messenger of God. And I'm just telling you how to close your gaps. I'm, I'm activating this awakening movement and I'm doing my part here. Because God wants every one of us sitting here to be restored in the real glory that God has set for you.
but don't preach this truth, you can sit here another 50 years committing the same mistakes. So God is in the process of restoring the fallen tent of David, repairing its gaps, restoring its ruins, and rebuilding to its former glory. So that they may possess the remnant of Edom and all the nations that bear my name, declares the Lord. So this is for all, for all the nations. This movement, so everyone sitting here, once you reach a certain amount of potential, you don't need no man to help you. God will raise you up at the right time if you cooperate with God, and you will be sent out as the repairers of the breach. You will be sent out to nations. Jesus. And you say, who, de who declares this? Declares the Lord who will do these things. God has said it, and it will be done. And that's a sign that you're seeing all over this nation. There are people and preachers waking up. There's not preaching of the old, my friends. You have not seen anything yet. You're going to see firebrands of God raised up in all, all states of the United States. They're going to set this nation on fire and set the world on fire. Like I said, this is just the tip of the iceberg. Because this is a working of the Lord. He has chosen his people, men and women, who is going to be mobilized and go, this is what the Lord showed me, the analogy. Just as Samson took the tail of 300 foxes and set the Philistine fields on fire. Do you know the story? He, he caught 300 foxes and he put uh, fire, what do you call that thing? Uh, Firebrands? Firebrands. He tied them to the tail of the foxes. Go read Judges if you want to read the full story. What he did is, so he took the tails, he would tie a firebrand, and he set 300 foxes and, told, and just set them out to the field of the Philistines. And in a few minutes' time, the Philistine fields were burned down to stubbles. This is the work that the Lord is going to do, meaning the enemy has done a lot of fields in America, but some warriors of God are going to get up and set that thing to destruction. Today, what we saw today when Dan was saying about legislate, it's a, it's, it's a, that's the kind of stuff we are doing now. Where we are de releasing, declaring, decreeing. We are sending forth the truth. It's catching fire on the fields of the Philistines. Jesus. Hallelujah. But it's going to come to a different... We have not seen, no eye has heard, no ear has heard, no eye has seen, no ear has heard what God is going to do. This is, this is by who? declares the Lord by the Spirit He's going to do these things. This is a prophecy that will be fulfilled according to Amos 9-11. He's going to restore. He's going to repair the gaps and build that, back build that temple up. When I say temple, each one of us back in the full glory. Jesus. And number four, we talked about strategic prayer and fasting in the part one last week. But this is a little different now. Strategic prayer and fasting was all about really knowing how to cooperate with God through prayer and fasting so that you can get your breakthroughs. Okay? I talked, especially I talked about Daniel fast. Start practicing that. If you can, during the day, do Daniel fast. If, you're, you know, if you want to eat meat, eat it in the evening for dinner. But try and crucify your flesh 
whenever God is telling you to so that you can get your breakthrough. It's not that God don't want to release it to you. There is resistance in this realm. And the only way to break some stuff is through fasting. There's no other way. Jesus said it this way. These kind do not go out except by prayer and fasting. Jesus. I'm, I'm just telling you because I'm a living testament of how much fasting has brought breakthroughs over the years in my life. I can speak all sorts of scriptures, but if I didn't fast, breakthrough wouldn't have happened. I know that. The Holy Spirit would tell me some days, no food, sunrise to sunset, no food the whole day. Vegetarian, this day, I'll just do it. And I see breakthroughs happening. And so I realize, you know what? All these promises are so, really, to be honest with you, easy to grab. You got to crucify your flesh so that the devil can do no harm to you. So the devil gets out of the way. But unfortunately, we are in a culture totally numbed by overindulgence of food and drinks. And it's very, sometimes very difficult for people to fast for a meal. So develop prayer discipline, number four, to remain in higher consciousness. So now I'm going to show you a different angle of prayer. Matthew 26, 41 says, Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation, for your spirit is willing and your flesh is weak. One of the needs that we need to pray, the, the, the discipline of prayer, one of the main reasons God is asking us to pray is so that we can remain in our higher consciousness of who we are. The minute we lack from our prayer life, we slip off that axis and we just feel like we are not good. We had this. Condemnation sets in. That's because you suddenly took your eyes off the prayer life. Prayer life is one way to keep the dynamo going so that you remain balanced with the higher consciousness, with the higher self. Because it's a battle. There's this conflict going on trying to pull you back into the lower orbit. But the thing is to remain in the higher orbit. And prayer is an exercise to keep you in the higher self. Look at this. The higher mind, which is our real divine being, is enticed by the lower mind, which is our flesh. And there's always a struggle between the two. So prayer can help us keep ourselves steady in the higher mind. Yes, I am, God, I am divine, I'm holy, I'm righteous. That mindset can only be sustained by a prayer life. If you don't have prayer life, you're going to wobble and fall. Because you're going to fall back into your flesh. Because you didn't realize you're made up of three entities. What is it? Spirit, soul, body. Who are you really? Just the spirit, that's it. You are the spirit. The soul and body is just given for your earthly existence, that's all. And unfortunately, the devil corrupted your soul and your body through sin. And now he's playing with that. So he's trying to entice you more and on your emotions, your flesh, so that you never tap into your real self, your spirit man. So if he can keep you in a perpetual web of feeding your emotions and feeding your flesh, he knows he will, you will never climb up to the spirit man you are or awareness of it. So he wants to keep you in bondage to your flesh to your emotions. That's why, you know, we love entertainment. Feeds our emotions. We love food. Feeds our flesh. Now, what have you done for your spirit? What have you done for your spirit? And that's why Jesus said, man does not live by bread alone, but, every, but, but from the every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. So God, Jesus is saying, you are not just your, your soul and your flesh. 
you got a spiritual giant sleeping in you when are you going to wake it up only way you can wake it up is at some point you need to crucify your emotions and your flesh jesus so the second point it says the brightness of higher consciousness can be broken if it's constantly exposed to our carnal nature see how the devil has played a big trick in the society he's kept us on a web of feeding our carnality our flesh the real smart people they do not follow this pattern they do not take the mark of the beast and they say i'm going to fast i'm going to crucify my flesh i'm going to you know i'm going to sacrifice i'm not going to eat certain foods i'm not going to eat certain things why to keep my mind clear and alert in god you do not follow this is what daniel did he said he did not eat from the king's dining table he was consecrated he knew his spiritual mission his spiritual identity was far more important than eating from the table of the world this is a choice at the end of the day honestly choose what you serve blessing or curse this route or that route it's up to you but there is the higher mind the spiritual man god's divine image in each one of you sitting here some of it is fully asleep some of it is partially asleep some of us are fully asleep never woke up you don't you don't even know what is this because you've been only exposed to what feeding two things your emotions and your body and the school system teaches you that does any of the school systems here teaches about the spirit realm no they just talk about yeah you know keep eating find a job find a wife keep going never waking you up to the spiritual person you are never satan's web of the system he's made to keep a drone or clones of people it's like you know you know back in the days when um, hitler and all those guys there the system was to create a bunch of like drones you know drones or clones actually hey don't ask questions go do your work go back home do your work go back home bunch of slaves whether white black yellow it doesn't matter G, uh, the devil wants to keep the human race enslaved enslaved hallelujah but it's up to us who come to this faith now to fully be awakened in the spirit realm and not allow the enemy's tactics galatians 5:16 says this i say then walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh what does that mean walk in your true identity walk in higher consciousness that i am divine i'm righteous i'm holy i don't need to be feeding my flesh that's not me i'm doing something against my grain when i sin you got to keep reminding yourself that and actively deny your flesh and it says verse 25 says if we live in the spirit let us also walk in the spirit do we live in the spirit yes then let us just walk according to that my friends if you are gods operate like gods don't operate like inferior devils jesus had to call some of them devils because they were acting like the devil <laughs> the pharisees and the sadducees made in the image of god but they were so dead they were cooperating with the devil 
Thank you, Jesus. I don't have this point. The next point I want to bring is take some righteous risks this year. I don't have that typed up here. It just suddenly came to my mind. I want to tell you this. Like the parable of the talent, there's too many Christians not doing anything. It's not enough for you to ever learn the concepts and never apply anything. You got to do some, take some high risks. That being when I say high risk, righteous risks. Because God is going to show up for you, and you're going, to pro, you're going to have a testimony if you take some risks for God. You're playing it too safe, my friends. Too safe. A lot of you don't have anything to show from your spiritual life. You're just playing it too safe. You're looking at popular opinion and what others are doing. No, no, no. If you need something, go get it done. The land is before you. Go and possess it. It could be anything. I don't know what it is for you uniquely. But you got to take some righteous risk. Now, it might, the giant might look big. I'm like, Lord, how am I going to do it? It's not you going to do it. It's God going to show up and do it for you. But you got to take some risk. I'll tell you why. Because there's not enough Christians who are testaments or having any testimonies to show. If I ask Matt a bunch of scriptures, he'll tell me right now. I'm not I'm just saying Matt's name. But if I, have, if I ask him, what do you have to show? Nothing. I know a lot of scriptures. No, 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 no. You got to be a giant slayer. You got to be on the top of the mountains, the seven mountains. I don't know how many of you know that. Read Peter Wagner's book. Wherever you are, try to climb up the mountains of your influence. It's not enough for you to not take risk and play safe. I'm telling you, even in my family circle, I know a lot of good Christians, tongue-talking Christians, flying way below the radar, playing it safe. Not enough. God wants us to take some risks this year so that he can show up and show off his children. Come on, let's stand up for a second. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. As Matt's going to play, we're going to pray sometime, and then if any of you have anything to share, just come on forward as well. Jesus. Lord, we thank you for a new year. You, Lord, you, Lord, I thank you that you've kicked off this new year on a bang, oh, Lord. I thank you that you already set your overflowing grace to conquer giants. I pray that you'll give us the boldness to go forth and possess what belongs to us, oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.